The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. The official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 119 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording from my lavish boathouse studio in Windermere, Florida. Just got home from Chicago, where there was literally still snow on the ground, and it was windy. But it's all good, Manomaniacs. Don't worry, because we're going to warm things up with a little bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. This episode is brought to you in part by Ronix Wakeboards. Ronix has spent the past decade solidifying their dominance related to all things wake. With a team of living legends, current contest killers, and just overall professional fun havers combined with an ever-evolving line of top-quality products for all levels of riders and enthusiasts, Ronix continues to raise the bar and deliver quality. Their social media is in fuego, it's on fire, and you can check it out at Ronix Wakeboards or online at ronixwake.com. That's R-O-N-I-X-W-A-K-E.com. Oh, and speaking of Ronix, we've got a fun one today. Massimiliano Massi Pifferetti, oh, the pizza boy is here and we'll get to him in just a second but before you skip over to that as a reminder i want to let you guys know you can listen to and share the golden mic podcast on soundcloud google podcast and a wide array of podcast listening apps on android as well as on my very own website noiseofthenorth.com you can also follow the golden mic podcast on facebook and follow me personally on instagram at dano t mano and on twitter at the golden underscore mike to stay up to date on all the latest golden mic news Now, last time on the show, I announced that April was Write-A-Review Month, and the next 24 reviews on iTunes would be entered for a chance to win a brand new O'Brien Wake Surfer. Well, guess what? That contest is still going strong, and I've decided to extend Write-A-Review Month all the way to June 1st, so it's write a review months I guess well that's just because that's the kind of guy I am and all you got to do is log on to iTunes and tell the world how you feel about this show by writing me a sweet little review you'll be automatically entered to win that awesome O'Brien wake surfer I'm talking about and on top of that I'll even send you some swag for your troubles just take a screenshot of your review once it posts and send it over to Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. And you know Dan of the Mano is your hookup, baby. Holla if you hear me. 
All right, let's get on to some industry happenings. I'm stoked to officially announce the debut of the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf. It's a super grassroots wake surf series open to novice riders and people who may have never competed in a contest before, as well as seasoned riders looking for a place to show off their skills. The series will give Central Florida wake surf community a chance to compete and learn the ropes, or should I say lack of ropes, but an entry-level surf contest designed to be a stepping stone into that next level. I'm going to be emceeing all three stops. The first and second stops of the series will be May 12th and June 9th at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, and the third stop will be in September, and we'll have more information on that coming soon. It's fun. It's laid back. It's a competition that should be a blast Four-time X Games gold medalist and wake surf aficionado, Danny Harf. He's going to be there. He's going to be driving the boat. So check out thighhighsurf.com for all the details. And I hope to see you guys there, especially you Central Florida people. Another interesting event to check out slash caught my eye was Surf the Dams. Surf the Dams is presented by Marine Max Wake and Nautique Boats and will be a two-day event held on June 20th and 21st at Lake of the Ozarks and will feature a 93-mile surf from Bengal Dam to Truman Dam. And this is supposed to be one of the biggest and baddest wake events on the Ozarks. And it's such a cool spot, so I don't recommend missing it. Also, a 93-mile surf. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty long day, but it sounds like it's going to be an interesting day. Another announcement sure to make us all feel good is that the 2019 Masters of Water Ski and Wakeboarding presented by GM Marine will now feature junior women wakeboarders. What a great and inclusive opportunity to showcase some of the new up-and-coming talent from the junior women's side. The girls on all levels have been shredding so good. I'm so glad that they'll get a chance to compete on what is basically known as the most prestigious stage in the world of toad water sports. In other news, Oregon State's own Tyler Hyam has just signed with Supra Boats, and I know it happened last month, but I figured we'd get to it now. Tyler was Rookie of the Year at the 2018 Supra Boats Pro Wake Tour, and he took third place at X Games Real Wake. He's only 19 years old. He has the respect from top riders, and Ty's proverbial ceiling is literally limitless. Also, a quick shout-out to Malibu Boat CEO and Mano Fano, Jack Springer, and VP of Sales and Marketing, Mr. Eric Bondi, who are on Fox's Worldwide Business with Kathy Ireland. Yes, that Kathy Ireland. And for those of you who are too young to remember who that is, just ask your dad when mom's not around. Jack and Eric were on national television discussing the growth Malibu Boats has experienced over the years and their future plans for the company. It's always great seeing our industry get some mainstream exposure. You can catch the whole thing on Fox's YouTube page, and don't forget to send that link to your dad as well. Kathy Ireland, well, she's still a Fox, baby. Today we talked to the Italian stallion, the pepperoni playboy, the pizza boy himself, Massimiliano Messi Pifferetti. He's your favorite wakeboarder's favorite wakeboarder and truly 
one of the humblest guys in the game. Big time riders like Danny Harf, Eric Ruck, Parks Bonifay, and Brad Smela have all told me at one time or another that Massey's riding style literally personifies what wakeboarding should look like. And yeah, I know those guys are all Ronix dudes, but you should have heard the conviction in their voices. I swear they really meant it. We recorded our conversation at Massey's home, actually floating in his Malibu on the Conway chain in Orlando, right by the Orlando International Airport. So don't be surprised if you hear an airplane or six flying by in the background. We'll get into it right here and right after this. On the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Dig it. Aw, yeah. Hey, everybody. Massey Pipperetti is recognized as one of the greatest riders in the world, and the greatest riders in the world are recognized each and every year when they get their invite to the Masters Water Skiing Wakeboard Contest at Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia. And you can be there, too, for free, thanks to Masterline USA. That's right, Masterline USA, the makers of the highest quality ropes and handles, wants to send you to this year's Masters. They're ready to hook you up with four pavilion passes, a three-night stay at the Four Diamond Lodge and Spa, and a sweet golf package at the Callaway Gardens Golf Club, plus an unbelievable collection of custom and signed gear. And all you have to do is visit MasterlineUSA.com and sign up for the Masters Sweepstakes. No purchase necessary, you just got to be 18 years old, so don't miss out on the 2019 Masterline Masters Sweepstakes, MasterlineUSA.com. Good luck, folks. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. What's up, what's up, Mass? Dude. Not much, man. Just uh, been rehabbing, chilling. Stoked to see you. Well, so we're sitting here. We're in your Malibu. It's beautiful M235. Uh, you picked the colors and everything? Yeah, picked the colors and everything. The bumblebee right now. I love it, dude. And then uh, checking out on the floor. And Ledwake is a great sponsor of mine. And I see you actually have some custom uh, Italiano. Yes, Ledwake. sir. Very yes, good. Yes, sir. Super stoked. The boys sent me down some of this and... You know, it's been in my boat ever since I got it. <laughs> Love it. Hey, well, before we got on, I didn't realize you were such a uh, like a nutrition guy. Uh, you were giving me some advice that I didn't I didn't know, man. What, what, have you been uh, focusing on nutrition lately? What's been happening? Well, you know, Dano, like I'm a pretty skinny guy, and uh, you know, I've been going to the gym for a couple of years now. That kind of became something on my daily routine, and uh, you know, I wasn't putting up putting on enough weight and stuff like that so I just probably figured I should go watch and uh, talk to a, a nutritionist and uh, she actually gave me a lot of tips and uh, I feel a lot better and you know since I'm coming back from this knee injury you know I gotta make sure I put on enough muscle to know to get back to doing what I love and in order to do that you know sometimes you gotta go and use some supplements to you know make sure your body gets whatever it needs to grow the muscle that's right it's called fuel my friend gym wise you were hitting the gym before the injury too though right yeah i was hitting the gym before the end uh before the injury and stuff but uh you know i was also riding a lot so i was just spending my time you know in the gym more for like making sure everything was going good you know i was working out but you know it was definitely more of a 
you know, make sure my body is good to go. And then we'll keep the work mostly, especially during the season in the water. But um, injury wise, where are you right now? I'm pretty much about to start riding. Um, How long you been off the water? I've been off the water for almost eight months. It'll be eight months at uh, the 13th of February. Looking back on it, could you have kept that injury from happening or was it inevitable and and if like what could you have done to help alleviate that from a, a you happening? know like uh i talked to ruck the day before and i was like hey let's start we we're thinking about you know uh coming out with uh lake ronix part um so we wanted to hit some double ups out there and come out with a full-on video with me riding rails and riding some boat at the lake and stuff so we we got ready. We we're gonna film uh, some double ups the next day, and um, so I wake up and I had Gina from Italy and a couple people coming out to ride, and we went out for a ride. And uh, Gina has just gotten back from her knee injury, and uh, that day she landed a little heavy and ended up re tearing in her ACL back to back. You know, like she just she was just back for like not even a month and right. she just had another little crash and she blew her knee again so that kind of like weirded me out that day and uh i wasn't feeling too good but was i still drove out to lake ronix everybody was having a good time chilling you know i was getting ready waiting for the light to get good and i remember not feeling too good so i took a quick nap on nap on the couch and i woke up and i was fired up ready to go and all the boys, me, Ty, and Jake, were like, all right, let's hit double ups. I was feeling like going first, but then Jake was like, hey, Jake, why don't you get it out of the way? And uh, Jake started riding. He started killing it, and I was I was excited to go in and start riding. And I first double up out, you know. I just wanted to do a stale front three, and I got booted a little weird. It felt really good, and then, like, I just ended up casing and just, like, laying back on my knee and as I was laying back like my upper body started to twist as well so my knee like kind of went in and I felt it like bending in a way that never really bends and and like my upper body was going the other way and I just instantly as soon as I felt it like bending weird I tried to correct it and I knew it like I didn't feel any pain like yeah it was sore like when I when I was swimming back to the boat, I was like, I looked at Ty and I just looked at him in the face and I'm like, yo, I did it. You know, I feel like I did it. It just my knee bent in a weird way, but it didn't hurt at all. And then I got in the back of the boat and started icing it right away. And, you know, like I could walk and it wasn't that bad. But uh, and then I got home and I was like, you know what, before I'm going to go get an MRI, I'm going to sleep on it. And it was a Friday, so I couldn't get it until Monday. So I wake up the next day after icing and everything, knees feeling better. And then wake up the next day, knees feeling even better. So I'm like, well, I'm going to get, like, I called the doctor. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to come in for this MRI. I might I think I've gotten lucky. And then so I closed the call, and then I recalled him, and I was like, all right, you know what? It's it's better to do it. Let's Let's get it done. So I went in and got the notes from the radiologist, and it was like, well, you only partially tore your MC, your MCL and ACL. So yeah, because like, you you kept riding after that. So right? yeah, he didn't he didn't give me a full on percentage. So like as soon as I got the note from the radiologist, I was like you know perfect. 
Let's, you know, let's start a plan, get back to the gym for a month, take it out, take a couple weeks off the water. And because like, you know, Ron the Ronick shoot was coming up, the Malibu shoot was coming up, the follow shoot was coming up. Like I had all this new gear for like the first year of my life. I had board bindings, uh, rope, vest, you all know, these major new all these major like things that I had to do. And I'm like, I can't just like throw out all my stuff without me wearing it. So I just like, you know, took three weeks in the gym. That was that was awesome. Went really good, and so we started this process. And then, like five days later, they send over the pictures to the doctor, and he sent it over to uh, the magic's doctor, and he was like, "No, it's torn." So, so there uh, you are. So, so then I kind of like I decided, you know what? Let's keep on. Let's keep the same plan. Let's try to ride. Let's see how it feels. And I ended up getting back in the water. It wasn't feeling too bad, honestly. It was. It was pretty good, but you know what? Like, um, I didn't feel like pushing it all the way. I didn't feel safe, so I went in, got the surgery, uh, beginning of June. Yeah, beginning of June, and uh, now we're here. Yeah, we'll we'll knock February. it out, dude. Knock it out. You know, you learn your lessons and you come back stronger, right? That's yeah. the goal. I talked to I talked to uh, a lot of people, and uh, I also have this. Uh, this psychologist helped me out a little bit, you know, sometimes when I feel down. And uh, she told me that, like, she actually has been working with me for a long time. And she told me that I take really personal, like, my friends getting hurt. And so she said if something like that happens, usually take one or two days off and just kind of reset the batteries and stuff. Uh, obviously, Gunner's been hurt. Like Gunner Daft was hurt. Who you like live with? Two, three years, and he's like my roommate. So it's it was definitely always a hard time watching him. You know, like hitting the gym and not being able to ride and stuff like that. So uh, to kick things off here, uh, I, I want you to kind of tell me a little bit about growing up. I'm sure if the listeners don't know you by now, they know that you have some sort of accent you're speaking with, and that is an Italian accent. Uh, I want to find out about. Um, what it was like growing up in Italy for you, where in Italy you grew up, and how you kind of got into the water sports scene in general. Well, where I grew up in Italy is a little small village uh, on the side of Lake Como, and the name of the place is Salacomachina. We have, we count about 500 resident in the winter. And the population becomes up to a uh, thousand two hundred in the summer, just because a lot of people have uh, homes for summer. Like and a summer, whatnot. summer town. Exactly. Um, uh, so I grew up all around the lake, and I always had cousins doing cool stuff, uh, like snowboarding, wakeboarding, uh, skateboarding. So I kind of followed their leads and. I just want to be, I just wanted to be as cool as they were. You know, I did a little bit of research and I didn't really realize this because I've known you since you were probably 13 or 14, but I've come to find out that you've been competing since you were like eight years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Italy does it pretty good, man. We have, uh, we have a national team and uh, my cousin Giuliano Molli was uh, the number one wakeboarder coming out of Italy, you know, in 2006 and seven eight you know he was he was always the best and I remember being in school and you know like he was always like traveling the world or America you know South Africa Australia and I'm like wow I'm wondering if like 
by the time I get to the eighth grade, I could be going on trips with the Italian team if I keep practicing. And it was just like something that like I was doing just to have fun, you know, like my cousin would literally get picked up from my coach Enzo Molinari, like that owned a wakeboard school across the lake. So we would just, I would spend my summer instead of like hanging out with friends and playing soccer over at the wakeboarding school. They had, they have, they have a hotel restaurant there as well where to do lessons and stuff. So I was literally going over there at seven in the morning, go ride and hang out with my friends that they all wakeboarded. And then we would go eat at the restaurant there and then we'd just pretty much chill from like seven in the morning till like seven at night over at the wakeboarding just school. Riding you know, riding, trampoline, pool. When did you actually start competing in, in like wakeboard contests? My very, very, very first wakeboard contest uh was probably around six. Two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. Crazy. I and that just, was mostly just European stuff. You didn't start. Uh, maybe out. a little. No, I was probably I was probably like six, seven years old. So when oh, you were already going international. That was two thousand and two thousand and two, and uh, I started going international for the first time in two thousand and seven. We had a little Lake Como wakeboard tour. We had four stops, and and I just could never win. I had my back roll, my toe side back roll, and I just, all the kids were a lot older than me, and I was just like, I couldn't podium, and then one season I learned how to flip, and everything just after that came quick, and 07, made it to Qatar for the IWWF World Championships, met Daniel Powers, met Harley, met all the crazy kids, and I was just like, this is cool, this is amazing, and uh since that day on, pretty much, I started competing all around and uh, tried to make the best thing I could out of wakeboarding. And my family has always been super supportive. Like, I was in, I think I was in, like, ninth grade, and they came up to me. I was like, okay, well, we want to kind of give you, an, like, a chance to decide. What do you want to do? And I was like, I just came home from, like, a month in the States, and I was like, I want to go back. Like, that's the only thing I could think of. It's like, I want to drop out of school. I want, I want to go. And, uh, yeah, they pulled me out of school, and they were like, okay, well, let's see how it goes. You know, let's start this new adventure together. My family was super, like, supportive. It, it's great. Like, I'm, I'm an only child. Like, my mom doesn't have anybody other than my dad that drives her crazy sometimes at home. And, you know, <laughs> I'm the only child, and... I'm gone pretty much like So you were driving her nine crazy months and she's out of the like, year. All right, let's get rid of this guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I'm sure she misses me a lot and uh shout out to mom and dad. Uh, for sure. I well, love them. You know, it's it, it's so cool and obviously it just goes to show and it's just another example of of how family oriented uh you know, uh the the world of water sports really is and wakeboarding in general. Yeah, I never really understood until like lately, honestly. Because, like, moving away from my family and all those people who support me and those are people that I need in my life. And I didn't really realize that until until a lot later, you know, even just the contest in there, you know. I'm used to, I was used to, you know, going with the Italian team with a bunch of kids and the coaches. And, and the support. And the support is just... You know, I felt safe, somewhere safe from, like, then switching to come 
it's like now I got to go to the contest by myself and I have not really I don't really have anyone to talk to about my run or, I mean you got the boys you know I got the, the boys day. but <laughs> at, at the, the end, end of the day you, you know the same it's uh, it's that know. you know we're in the same contest and you know like so that's what I'm gonna change a little bit this year in my contest scenario hopefully I'm gonna have a one of my friends slash coaches coming to help me out and kind of like keep me grounded a little bit more but well I wanted you know. to actually I actually wanted to, to get to that a little bit too and I wanted to find out like growing up who were your Italian mentors and coaches and you know I, I, it's very different for for everybody I mean you look at the likes of a guy like Parks Bonifay who really never had a coach or co you know real technical coaching but you see how well he did competitive wise within his career you look at like somebody like um, you know Darren Shapiro, who coaching was probably very prominent in his life. You know throughout his career and everything like that, uh, also had the success. Just um, but but still, I I feel like especially nowadays, coaching in the states is it's just different than what it once was. It's not nearly as serious, or near, aren't nearly as many people I would say with coaches. But the one thing I always kind of feel like with the international riders is that having a coach having somebody is always so important who were those coaches who were who were those mentors and why and and again like touch more on why it's so important uh my coaches were you know Enzo Molinari and uh you know the federation coach at the time when I first started was Cesare Comallo and then now the the coach of the federation is uh it's Pierluigi Mazzia so those were a little bit the people that like helped me out a lot, but uh, if I'm here today, it's definitely thanks to Enzo Molinari, that is the same coach of also Lorenzo Soprani and Nico Caimi and all those guys from Italy. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be here without his support. He's such a great coach, especially with young kids, you know. You know, talking about your coaches, it's obvious that they've had a huge impact on your life and your career in wakeboarding. You give those guys so much credit, but man, I think you deserve a, a ton of credit too, especially when it comes to tricks. You know, tricks like the 360, rewind 180, the 321, or or the 323, the 360, rewind 360, so close on the rewind 540s. Uh, they've become common for you do you ever think that you'd be a pioneer for this type of trick style honestly like what i'm what i'm trying to bring is something fresh and something different and i feel like it's it's for myself it's just like going out there and doing the same tricks over and over it's just boring for me it's just I just want to go out there and do different things. And obviously when you got some contests coming up, you got to do the run. You got to do your run. Your mind has to be, your mind has to know that like you can pull off this run at any moment. But when the contests are over and all that stuff is over, all I want to do is like literally go out and start coming up with new things. And and it's honestly, I I think it becomes natural to me. I'm not... I'm, I don't I don't fight it. It's just when I go to bed, like my mind just never stops working. It's Are just, you like writing down these ideas? Do you keep a notebook, or is it just all in your head? Uh, I think it's all. I never write anything down. It's all in my head. It's like sometimes, like even through the, throughout this injury, I'm like I'm wondering what's going on. Like 
I haven't been even thinking of any tricks or anything. Like, that's weird. This never happened to me. And as soon as I get gotten closer to like, like start like, like wake surfing and like as soon as my knees started feeling better, like that started coming back too. And I guess it's just like because I I'm getting like close to feel ready to go out there and you know start bringing some new stuff and. Um, I just really want to be bring some different. I mean, it's just for myself. It's just the way that I see things, and it, that's what brings me happiness. And uh, chatting a little bit um, back on like the contest side of things, you compete for both the World Wake Association and the International Water Skiing Wakeboard Federation, and you know you've been able to balance both of these organizations throughout your career as well as get some major finishes. You've taken gold um, on, on on both ends of things. Uh, we see so many riders pick to either just compete under the IWWF umbrella or just under the WWA umbrella. How do you balance it, and why do you choose to compete at both? I mean, IWWF, man, was really my first international contest. Like, you know, it's... Why would I not compete in the contest that this federation throws that I've been a part of it since day one? And, uh, you know, like, I feel like, you know, it's something is a possibility, you know, to make some money and to be around my Italian team that I really, really love. Like, that's what I, that's something that, like, you can never touch out of my life. Like, the Italian team is it's my home it's where I came from and you know just representing my country and uh, and uh yeah we're lucky we have a pretty wealthy federation that could help us out with travel and you know along the years we've been getting we get getting some good uh some good uh support, support to start traveling and go do this contest and actually do some uh team training and all this kind of stuff and that's super awesome and I will never stop doing this contest. So, becoming the IWWF world champion, what did that mean to you? It was pretty it was pretty awesome. Like it was literally like one of the very first contests where both my mom and dad were present. Like they were there. And I remember getting ready before the finals and I was like I was about to say, "Oh, today I feel good like today's might be my day today might be my day and we and then I went out and did my run and ended up on top and I was like no way this is just just happened and my mom and dad are here and like it could have not happened in a better scenario like my whole team is here like my the whole Italian team was there and I remember my best friend looking at me and just goes bro you're world champion like right now and it's just like just i was like no whatever let's go to the bar i need a i need a beer and and he's like, i couldn't believe it and it was like to this day right now it was the moment that made me proud the most just because you know i knew that my family was so proud of me and you know after all the hard work that we've been going through as a family and as the persons that we are and just to being able to give myself uh 
just just being able to give myself uh you know we did it you know like the hard work finally paid off and and for that for myself and for also my family it was it was a feeling that i could never you know like i don't know i, I, I have no idea like sure well i got to ask you like how does how does a win at the iwwf like wake wakeboard world championships compared to like your your uh, first place finish at the Malibu Boats WWA Punta Cana Pro like what a year later yeah you know that was another thing I was like wow like now I do believe that I you know I could I could do it you know just like after that moment it was just in my head I've always had okay now there's a you know I know that I'm capable of uh, competing with all these guys and all that and I'm a, I'm a person to get inside my head. I get inside my head a lot, but um, you know I'm just working towards fixing that. And um, yeah, man, it was it was unbelievable just to get my first win, especially on a contest uh, that was pulled by my sponsors, like that, that my sponsor that like actually supports me. And when when Brian came in the room with Rodrigo and. He was. He told me I got fourth, but I saw him grabbing a beer out of the fridge, and I just didn't know what was happening. And he just literally shook the beer all up in my face, and I'm like, "You won!" And I was like, "No way!" And that was another great moment because I had Gunner and my home, my best friend Nico, my my two best friends, like with me, you know. And next thing you know, th two days before the contest, we're just literally sipping mojitos in the pool, just relaxing not taking it too serious and next thing you know i just came out on top and that was an amazing weekend and absolutely man those are memories that will stay with me forever but Very as cool. also this is another part of my life where you know i got taken down by an injury but you know we're slowly gonna work back to it and i feel like if uh when i'll be able to stand back on a podium and and all that it's gonna be some it's gonna be uh um, some memories that i'll never forget and uh i'll be able to tell my kids one day you know like you know i was doing this and i believed in it and absolutely and people and people believed in you brother and that's uh and that's a beautiful thing um talking about people who like believe in you you've been very lucky to uh have established a great relationship uh by joining the ronix family um you know, you've already kind of touched on some of the some of the guys, guys like Eric Ruck and Chad Sharp and Parks Bonifay, Danny yeah. Harf. But talk a little bit about um, being a part of Ronix and what what it actually means to be on the Ronix team. Man, uh, that's another thing that I call family. Since my very first day out of the lake, you know, I felt right away that that was the spot that I had to be in and the people that I needed to surround myself with and um, they are a family I just love every single one on the team like it's my cousin my brothers and you know is uh, anything anytime that I have an idea or something everybody's there to try to make it work try to help me make it work and you know, and I mean, like, like you're you're not just you're talking about if you have an idea in board design. In board design, if you have an idea of building something because you want to hit it, like you can rely on literally 
the most amazing people to come out and help you. And you know, if you have a problem or something's going on, or you want to go on a wind trip or a yeah, trip, they're in always right there. And uh, that's something that you know you you can't pay for it. It's it's priceless. Like it's it's amazing. Man. Well, I was watching a video recently, and Paul O'Brien, who's the founder and owner, of course, of Radar and Ronix Wake. Sure. Um, I, and I actually wrote this down so I could quote him. He wrote, uh, he said, talking about you, that he defines Ronix in so many ways. He has a great grasp on the sport of wakeboarding. Talking about you. This is Paul O'Brien, the man himself. Hearing such high praise coming from, from POB, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I grew up riding their boards you know, from Hyperlight to, you know, where my cousin is the first year that Ronix came out, you know, he was riding a Ronix. So my cousin was my idol at home. And I was like, I always wanted to ride the one board, the board that my cousin was riding, you know, and uh, just watching their progression to where they're at now. You know, it's uh, it's pretty unreal, and uh, it made me realize that I gotten really lucky to uh, have met these people in my life. And you know, if Paul says something like that about me, um, I literally I would get down on my knees. And uh, man, it's just everything I dreamed of since I was a kid, and now we're here. We have a pro model, my RXD, and. Uh, it's the best board I've ever wanted. Uh, that, that's that's the best board I've ever rode in my life. We created something that, you know, I wanted, you know, and and I love it. And the and that's and and, and we're gonna talk about it. And what's so cool about it is this board was built around you, for you, and by you yeah, as well. And, you know, it's crazy. You know, like we started working on a first board, and you know they. Everything was great, but we wanted something a little more and here and there. And then this opportunity came by, and I'm like, we got to make it. Like, you know, I mean the, we got to do it. The RXT project is so cool because that's a board that, you know, in, in the initial talks about that board, there was like no budget. Uh, there, you know, there was no limitations. And the cool thing was, from what I, from what I remember um, and understand, is from day number one, it was all about building you and the world of wakeboarding the Something. best board yeah man like when they came to me and it's like we have no budget like we can go and put the best things the mo the like we we looked at all the materials everything that we needed and you know and we turned out with this amazing board that rides insanely amazing like i've never rode something like that before and I'm not just saying it just because you know it's my board or whatever but um, I always like the nice loose fun free feeling board that I could whip around at any second you know like I'm a person that likes to have fun when I'm on the board and I wanted to change direction fast and I wanted to ride the like give me the right pop when I take off and you know and to be honest I never rode the board as consistent as this and you know, I'm excited now that I'm about to start riding it again because I was riding it before I got hurt and I just never really wanted to get off of it. Massey, we're going to stop right here for a moment. I wanted to take a second to talk to the listeners about Wake Responsibly 
actually this is an important topic for Massey, for you too, and we both feel strongly about it. Wake season is just about in full effect, so please remember when you're out on the water, you're not alone. Be mindful of other boaters and most importantly, homeowners. Just a few easy tips to follow to ensure a fun and safe season on the water. One, minimize repetitive passes. Two, keep your music at reasonable levels. And finally, stay a safe 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com to take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam and impress all your friends with a perfect score. They'll even send you a sticker that you can put on your boat to remind others to wake responsibly as well. Find out more today at wakeresponsibly.com. Well, Ronix has one of the most legendary, you know, board builders in the game, Jason Stanley. And, JJ! And you actually got to get into the the laboratory with Jason. You got in the suit. You had the mask. I mean, you had the sandpaper. You had the blades. You had the resins. I mean, talk a little bit about, like, what you learned about building a board and what actually goes into the process. Jason and Team DeHay, they're two unbelievable people to work with, you know, and when we started talking about this board, we were like, yes, we gotta, you know, I kinda wanna learn how to, like, shape a board. I kinda wanna learn how, what's the process, and it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, like, I came, I came in this, in the sport with not, I didn't know how a board was made, you know, like I had to learn all kinds of stuff. And, you know, Paul from day one, he was like, you know, like, yeah, you, I kind of want you to like learn the differences between all the boards that we have. And, you know, I started getting into it. And then uh, when I actually went up to radar and uh, put the gloves on and got on the tools, I fell right at home. I felt like I was actually shaping something of mine you know like i put my hands on it you know it's just like it's, do you see some future for yourself in uh in board shaping and design i don't know but i don't know about that i i you know our jay's the man about that i don't know if i could ever even think of that but uh well, it would take i think it would take many years for just about anybody yeah, to get to his just, level to get to his level it's just insane you know he just produces fabulous boards in like no time and he goes into work at like 6 a.m 5 a.m whatever it has to be done jay and tim they get it done and it's it's super cool you know just even being out at lake ronex you know we want if we want to test something we want to change something or anything we could just talk to them and in literally a week or less than a week it's already down at the lake for us to like go out and try it and that's very that's very important in product development and and uh you know we we got to get the test on get our tests on and uh everybody from our team is knows that and i feel like we have one of the greatest teams and and we're just gonna keep going you know we're we, never gonna stop we're gonna keep building great boards keep building great surfers and keep on going you just mentioned lake ronix uh, what what are your thoughts on on Lake Ronix and um, do you think do, do you think Lake Ronix has kind of helped evolve the sport at all? Of course, I mean like I barely used to ride any rails when I got the opportunity to like 
start writing for Ronix, that was the same amount of that that was the same time as my brain started thinking like yeah i want to be a well-run rider and uh started going out there riding with dom hendler and uh you know keep following him and you know as my rail game changed like i i went you know like just watching one of the best like dominic it just you can realize so many things and like my rail riding change drastically since i started riding with him and um also dom is from europe and it's like i've known him for a long time and it's like my big brother so it's uh he just having him part of the family uh, as well it's just like it's great like i'm at a i'm at my happy place where i'm out of the lake for sure and you know like we're out there to try to make the best as we can the best that we can and uh totally riding out there makes a huge difference and uh i think a lot of times people um get the like the mental picture of lake ronix you guys just showing up and it being just this unbelievable secret spot with all the perfect rails and setups and everything and you guys just show up ride and get out that <laughs> no that's not how, that's not how it is you guys see the fun part so tell but. what what is all of the work and and like what is all the work that goes in who's oh, doing the we work? got we gotta thank chad sharp and eric rook and mike ferrara you know they're out there every single day you know, every single day taking care of every single detail that we need, you know. And uh, we try to get a crew out there as much as we can. Well, and, what's, uh, what's, what are the expectations on you as a Ronix athlete? Because well, I, Ruck's a good friend of mine, and I know I know a little bit, and I know that... There's um, no expectation, you know. Everybody, Everybody's kind of busy and doing their own thing, but everybody... Whenever they have some time, they'll go out and there's always something different to do. Like the property is massive. Like people only have seen it online and photos of it. But like if you actually physically go there, it's two lakes. Is the property is massive. Like as there could be some work to get done on the cable, but there's also like work that needs to get done to like the road and all this kinds of crazy like stuff. Like you got that, you got Parks like, Bonifay over here digging holes. You got Chad yeah, Sharp up here trimming trees. You oh got no, Eric Chad's Sharp. usually on the Bobcat. Oh yeah, he loves that. <laughs> Chad's digging the holes. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things that we need to take care of. And uh, so, how important when you do have the time is it as an athlete to pull your weight? at the lake and have you ever seen people who didn't pull their weight around there yeah yeah there's people that you know there's people that are in our team that don't even get to use uh they don't even want to use the lake or they don't come out or they don't even you know they don't really oh i'm busy or i'm doing this or they're you know but i feel like that's kind of like weird because it's literally the perfect playground for us to go out there and get better at you know everything that we're not and we could you know if we want to get better on something we can build it and start practicing on it you know it's just you just gotta want it you just gotta want to put in the work you just gonna want to go out there and film and you know it's awesome like all you need to do is hit up ruck and be like ruck i want to shoot tomorrow and he's 
so down. He's one hundred percent there at nine in the morning, waiting for you to show up and go ride. Like, but again, it's like it's it's, it's just a, it's one of those examples of you're pretty much only gonna get out what you put in, though. Yeah, exactly. If you you gotta get out what you gotta put in for sure. Like, I mean, you have the perfect place to go ride rails and film, like thirty three hundred sixty days a year, three hundred sixty four days a year, like. That's it. It's a beautiful it's, thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you're basically the only team in the world that has this at their disposal. Exactly, and uh, you know, it's 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 my happy place. It's my happy place. If I if I could, I would go out there and live. And hey, so talking about Lake Ronix, one of the guys who you know helped basically make it what it was or what it is. Uh, is also a, a really close personal friend of yours, Brad Smela. Um, you know, po- uh, pre Brad's injury, I know that you and him were were very very close. I know you guys are still super close, um, but I recall you guys um, spending time out at the lake together. I recall you guys uh, driving up to contests together yeah. because you know Brad and I were announcing me and Dino, rooms. me yep. Dino and Brad. I remember. So I, what I wanted to do is kind of talk a little bit um, about you know your your thoughts on on Brad Smela, how mu- uh, like you know what he had been putting into the sport pre-injury, and then I know you were there um, day of the injury. I kind of want to hear maybe a soft account. Uh, you know, Brad's been on talked about his story. I've had Chad and Dean, and they've told their stories, and uh, yeah. you know, kind of want to hear hear your story, and then kind of. You know, post post Brad's injury, um, how you've been keeping up with him and, and what's been going on? Man, Brad, the very, very first person to write me a message after I decided go, to go with Ronix. And uh, he writes me a message and, I'm, and he's like, I am so stoked that you're with us. I cannot wait to start shredding together and when are you gonna get to the states and we gonna go out to the lake and we gonna do good things together and brad is the man man he's just he was the le- he was the leader out of the lake everybody did whatever brad wanted them to do you know brad was in charge of the whole thing you know like brad would get a crew together okay you guys go over there you guys do this and then you guys do this and like he was unstoppable, man. He just, he just loved it, and it was his favorite. I guarantee you, like it was the best time of his life. Whenever it was, yeah, it was out of the lake. He was, you know, living out there, chilling, and get to build whatever he wanted to like change the game. I mean, and like, it's funny that you say it's probably the best days of his life because um, it's it's funny because who would think that having no electricity. Uh, being uh, just an insane worker, putting 12 hours a day, digging holes, doing construction. And still going out there at sunset session and doing double tantrums blind off the mega ramp after a whole day working. What kind of machine are you? Like, it's it's crazy. You know, Brad, Brad always, like, had some different lines, you know. Everybody was, like, remember, like, me and Dom and... Austin, like you were setting up something and we're gonna we're gonna hit it this way, somebody's gonna hit it that way, but then like all the people were like hit the same thing 
and then Brad would like when he was shredding was like okay we pulled this over here so he was always like super down of putting something different he was he had the you know he had the same vision as everybody else you just do something different how integral was was Brad in the original days of Lake Ronix man he would just every time he would go out there riding he would give his 100% it was a full sand every time he went out in the water and that was crazy that was crazy. I've seen him do tricks on that Mega Ram that I'm like, there's no chance I can do it. I ain't doing it. Like, and uh, I also remember, you know, the day, of course, that he got hurt. Um, we were actually going to go out there, and we just, we were shooting from Prime, and uh, we got a second chance to film again because we were shooting with a helicopter. We only shot for like an hour with the helicopter and then they're like, that's all the time you get. But then they were like, oh, we'll give you guys more time. This actually looks super sick and super rad. And so we were out there and I, I remember I wanted to do a stale back nine off of the big air and I was fired up and we pulled up and Brad was like, yeah, I'll hit it. I'm, I'm ready, I wanna go. And I'm like, all right. So I got in the driver's seat and started driving. And uh, he was getting closer and closer every try. And this one try, I just saw him like just slip the grab and just opened up and just flipped again. And just after I didn't see the landing because I couldn't see anything from the driver's standpoint. And Dean Smith was shredding with him, so but he, he let go down the down the down the way, right by the landing ramp to watch Brad stomp it. And uh, you know that happened, and I saw it like. Dino was so far away, but I could kind of tell the look on his eyes was crazy. So, like, I literally threw the remote, and, you know, we all jumped in to try to see what was going on. And then me and Austin Pratt were the first people at the hospital We after that. How did you guys know, like, from the like, moment, did you know how serious it was? Well, I remember being late. I was by the beach, and uh, Dino and Chad and 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 the boys had brought him to shore and I was holding his neck. I was I was holding his neck to just try to keep him up out of the water. I was holding him nice. Um, and I just remember he just kept saying like, you know, can somebody just take my board off? But like we already took the board off and you know, I was like, I don't really feel my leg too much. Can somebody, you know, like kind of like pinch him and like slap him? And I was like, I was doing that and we were doing that and then just kind of the ambulance got there, but then the helicopter got there, and then we, me and Austin just got in the car and started driving like we're 200 it, miles per hour towards the towards it, the hospital. During and, the during the rescue, did you guys feel um, did you feel like you guys were prepared? Oh, for sure. I mean, like we. Our knowledge about being in the water and everything, it's it's great, but um, you know, it's it was you know, it's great that also we had people like, you know, Chad and Ruck, like we had enough people there to be able to, you know, do whatever we did and I'm glad because if, if it would have been just a driver and a rider, you know, and something like that, it's just like I had no idea. Like I, I saw him taking off, but 
after a certain point, when you're hitting the mega ramp, you can't see anything. So, but uh, you guys weren't going out and hitting mega ramp just with two people. From, from what yeah, I understand, no, no. whenever you were hitting the mega ramp, I yeah, mean, there you was guys always. Were prepared yeah, the there crew. was always a lot of people out there. But, um, I mean, just no doubt, dude. Just just super super heavy, and I think it's uh, cool to kind of hear your side. Super uh, super you know. heavy, but um, I'm so stoked to see how he's doing and. You know, even with this 100-day challenge thing that he started doing, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to put, like, stuff on my social too much sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, like, I I will do a 100-day challenge as well. You know, it's just. So you know what it is? No, yeah, I'll, I'm. I'm I've working thinking on about. It. I've been thinking about it. I've too. been thinking about some stuff, and uh, I don't want it to just be like some BS thing that I'm like, uh, and then I fail on it. Like I want it to exactly. Do no, it I, I'm gonna red, make I sure I do it and uh, make it special. You know, we're sending a lot of love your way, B Rad, and uh, you know it's great. Every time you know, he, Brad's been coming to the states for a couple of years now, and. It's great having him out of the lake, dude. Just it's it's just I feel safe when he's around, man. It's just and when he's back there, is it business as usual? Is oh, he out barking dude, orders and whatnot? Always business. So as as we move forward a little bit here, we were chatting a bit about your board, uh, the RXT project by Ronix. Now, that is technically your first signature board, but. When you uh, you were a little bit younger a few years ago, uh, you collaborated with one of your sponsors, Bywake.com and Ronix, of course, to make uh, a Pizza Boy graphic. Uh, how special was that? Dude, that was awesome. When when I heard the guys from Bywake, they were all about this uh, pizza graphic and everything. I was like, I'm excited. I'm excited. And uh, as soon as I got aboard, I was just like shredding it everywhere. People were like asking me everywhere where they could get him. And like people in Europe were like freaking out. They were like, ah, why only America has those? It's like, how do we get them? It was, it was just great, dude. It was just every time I looked down, I just thought of home. That's it a beautiful thing. One of my dude. favorite graphics for sure. Um, you know, talking about your sponsors, uh, Red Bull has been uh, a supporter of you for quite some time and i know that so many red bull athletes get these like red bull dream moments i mean a good example is brian grubb who's had like probably a dozen dream moments have you had that yet have you gotten to go to something crazy yeah yeah we did a we did a bunch of cool things out over in europe um actually in italy um it was really cool. We did this Red Bull trip with Grub, and I showed him around all my my country, and we had different location. And it turned out really good, and I ended up war riding this huge dam, and uh, I ended up getting a cover for Alliance uh, Expo issue um, two years ago. So that was definitely a great moment, and uh, there's going to be some more in the future. I got some more stuff coming up this summer, so some stuff in the pipeline. Yes, anything sir. you can talk about, or is it kind of top yet. secret? Not yet. Top secret. Well, I mean, moment. now I know you were a part of the X Games Throwdown the first year they yeah. came back before Real Wake. Um, now, you, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you were out injured. Um, but can we expect to see you in the X Games Real Wake at all? Do you think over the next year or two? I feel like you'd be the perfect guy. Um, I guess. I mean, it's not up to me. It's just a little bit. It's about getting picked, and I just guess I've never gotten picked. And but is it important to you? Do you think that's uh? I mean, I think that's 
one of the most amazing platforms we got and one of the most prestigious contests and you know um yeah I've, I've always dreamed to be a part of it and i just never got the opportunity okay so we talked a bit about malibu and a little bit about how it's kind of elevated your thinking and in, in, in your career and what you do um what what can we expect from Massey in Malibu, say, uh, summer of 2019? What's in store? Well, summer 2019, you know, as we're going to be going around for all the rider experiences, you know. I'm going to be judging some of those contests, going to be with the Malibu crew. We're going to do the Just Ride tour, you know. We're going to be around, try to make it on as many stops as we can so I could get to... I could get to every single person that, you know, dreams of like riding with us or whatnot, try to try to get people stoked. And um, hopefully, you know, like I've been talking about, I've been talking about doing a bunch of uh, raw like Instagram clips about me riding behind this beast. So just uh, gonna keep doing that things on those things on social media and, you know, try to do good in as many contests as we can and uh, keep it up and uh, keep on shredding this amazing way. Thank you so much, Malibu, for letting me ride behind the best boat ever. So Love it. All right, Mass, pretty much on any given day, you know, behind the scenes you get to, guys like me, I get to rub shoulders with the who's who in the world of, of wakeboarding. And one thing that I've learned over the years, especially in the inner circle between the boys and, and everybody, uh, winning contests isn't necessarily what what will put you in the books of the top riders in the world as the best rider in the world and I've heard from guys who I've held up on that pedestal as the best rider in the world on multiple occasions guys who are former world champions uh, guys who are the most influential riders and on many of occasions I have heard uh, some of the best saying that you should be considered the best wakeboarder out there. I've heard guys like Dean Smith, Parks Bonifay, Danny Harf uh, say that you are the best wakeboarder. In fact, uh, you are basically wakeboarding personified in this era. How do you react to that, and what's your mindset? Well, a compliment like that, it's insane to me, like, I was never putting myself, I never thought that I would be, I, you know, that, that I never thought that I could be part of this list, you know, right? I never even wrapped my head around it one time, and I won't do it right now, I, even if you told me this. Like, I'm just going to keep on going, keep on pushing, keep doing my thing. I haven't done everything I want to do yet, so I'm st I'm here to stay. I I'm staying. I'm keep on I'm going to keep on ripping, keep doing my thing and whatever people think about me awesome and you know, if it's some positive, even better. If it's some negative, I'll work on it. I'll get better at it and you know, uh I'm pretty stoked actually. I just got Nominated by Alliance, uh, selfie of the year. So nice, men selfie of the year. So, 2019. I gotta 
try to uh so you actually won it yeah i won it i, I got i got the best selfie in the game so if brother. you wanna if you want a little tutorial on how to do a selfie. all right well you help me out we'll get the actual photo for this episode i'll have you take okay, it okay i'll do a selfie yeah a self, well, thanks you alliance and me, a dual selfie all right brother as we uh finish this thing off the question on everyone's mind we're all dying to know brother when can we expect the next episode of We're Talking Pizza over here to come out. Uh -huh, I mean, we got to talk to Rockway. He has a nice special pizza place that he has to take me. So whenever we're going to go taste that delicious uh, then we'll make another episode. Hey, what's but, your um, go-to? Oh, my go-to? I'm You... You would never believe this, but my favorite pizza is with zucchini and prosciutto. Is is that like an Italian specialty or? It's just I ask for it all the time. No, pizza col prosciutto is like an Italian specialty, but I add a little zucchini, like cut on thin, thin cut, like real nice. a little spicy oil on that thing. It's just great. It's a really nice a pizza. It's a really nice a pizza. Massey, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, we, we went a, a long time here. I think we got some, some gold content. Uh, before I let you get out of here, for, was there anything we missed? Anything you wanted to, to touch on? Uh, not really, man. Just honestly, to all the people listening to this. and Th that's the, that, to... that is the moment upon us now. This is the moment where you give a shout-out to all the, the sponsors, all the stickers on your wakeboard and uh, your family, your friends, your shout outs, your sponsors, your social media. Let's definitely, definitely shout out to Ronix, Malibu, Biwake, uh, Red Bull, and all the guys supporting me for sure. But um, I just want to say something to all the kids out there, you know, that are, might be listening to this or uh, have a dream of being a professional wakeboarder. You know, just there's not a way of doing it. Just build your own legacy and just have as much fun as you as you can and just always be yourself don't don't try to be somebody that you ain't and just bring happiness you're doing it brother that is you you That's are it. you are the poster boy for being yourself my friend hey where can people see you being yourself your social media well my social media is at massipifa m a s s i p i f f a so yeah, actually, I'm on my phone quite a bit. I need to cut Facebook, Instagram, out. Twitter, where are you Facebook, at? Facebook, Massey Pifferetti. Twitter, Massey Pifferetti. Facebook, Massey Pifferetti. It's Massey Pifferetti. Are you still on MySpace? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I Ma like it. Massey, uh, no, my, uh, I'm on uh, Messenger, and this is pretty crazy. You ready for my Messenger in contact? Uh, if, if you want to give it away, you give it away. Give it, is it your? This is my messenger contact. Is pifasovin95 at libero.it and no at hotmail.it. Is that kind of your like an homage to? Bob oh, it and was Phil? pretty funny. It wasn't one of my best friends that I grew up writing with him. His email was Matthew Harf at g at uh, hotmail.com. So I'm like, whatever. I'll get a I'll get a pro wakeboarder name, a pro wakeboarder last name as well. So pifasovin at hotmail.com. That was my very first email. So yeah, Phil, Bob, that was towards you guys. Love it. Mass. Hey, do one last favor, brother. Um lead us out of here in Italian if you don't. Say something like uh thanks everybody for listening to this portion of the podcast. 
We'll be right back. Grazie a tutti per aver ascoltato questo bellissimo podcast con me, Massi Pifaretti e Dano De Meno. Un abbraccio a tutti. A presto. Eschere. I have no idea what he just said, folks, but I'm hoping that it was that we will be right back because we will. Right on, man. Thank you, Dano, for having me. You. It was a blast. Thanks, We'll Mass. be back soon. Yeah. Peace. Peace. SeaDeck Marine Products is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of certified installers ready to help you design a custom kit of your dreams. Try before you buy with a sample kit complete with a huge variety of custom SeaDeck flooring solutions. Check out www.seadeck.com for more info and a certified fabricator and installer near you. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com for durability, comfort, and an incredible look and feel. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. You may have heard at the beginning of my interview with Massey that his boat had customized lead wake ballast bags sitting right there behind the driver's seat. Well, lead wake bags are small, but they pack so much weight and they're moldable. You can pretty much put them anywhere in your boat and once you put them there, they stay there. I know for a fact that Twin Lakes Marine in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin ordered an entire pallet of lead wake bags and I hear they still have some left so you guys better hurry before they're gone. And for those of you who don't live in Southeast Wisconsin, well, they've got you covered. That's right, Leadwake offers free shipping to anywhere inside the continental United States. And when you buy nine bags, you'll get the 10th bag free. Just head over to leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. I do want to thank Massey Pipperetti for hanging out, having me on his boat, offering to cook me pasta, giving me a Red Bull. Massey is truly one of a kind. We look forward to seeing him back on the water and blowing all of our minds all season long. Upcoming events, April 20th, that's this coming weekend in Orlando, Florida with Performance Ski and Surf. It's stop number one of the Performance Gravel Tour at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. The following weekend, the final weekend of the month of April, I'm with Centurion Boats out in Arizona State for the Centurion Waterproof Tour. Then I'm back in Orlando, first weekend of May with Malibu Boats and the WWA's, the Malibu Boats Rider Experience, and the WWA South Wakeboard Regional Championships. And the following weekend, it's stop number two of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. We're back in Orlando, Florida, and then May 12th at Orlando Water Sports Complex. It's the first stop of the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautique Boats and Danny Harf. Hope to see you guys there. Thank you all for listening. An enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support 
Thank you to Sea Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, WSIA, Centurion Boats, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledway, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, Masterline USA, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thank you to Jenna Kruth on the web, Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashavich on the copy, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. And as always, I am the noise of the North himself, the one and only Dan of the Mano. And you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.